electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber's on assignment. Record highs at the open are in sight for the S&P and the NASDAQ. It's all about Apple, Facebook, Caterpillar, and more. Uh, NYC announces a full reopening. And, we, of course, we got Q1 GDP up 6-4. That's the best Q1 advance since Reagan. Our roadmap begins with the busiest day for earnings. Amazon and Twitter are on tap tonight. President's message for the wealthy and corporate America. Pay your fair share. And the CDC commits to restarting cruises by mid-July. Jim, it's hard to know exactly where to start, um, but you got to imagine it, it lies somewhere within big tech. Yes. I mean, I think that we had some extraordinary numbers last night. Facebook cannot. It, 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 it's almost inexplicable. I mean, how much money is going toward them in advertising? Uh, it, it was just I don't want to call it a blowout. Minimizes exactly what the term blowout means. Uh, this was a shock. It was a shock because it was substantially better uh, to have a <laughs> to have a revenue gain the way it's having uh, as a big cap stock is incredible. Apple, I think people are misjudging entirely. I think Apple was an extraordinary share take. I think Apple was an amazing move in services. Uh, the other other than wearables, I think that, you know, I, you have to wonder whether the Mac uh, is going to become the standard at the office in the enterprise. So I don't. It's up three dollars. I mean, come on, uh, Goldman, the the bear had to throw in the towel. Own this one, don't trade it. Those two were just incredible. And this is a fang revenge, clearly, Carl. People had written this group off because they hadn't moved. Well, when they got the quarters, they were best in show. I think these numbers for Apple and Facebook were extraordinary. Yeah. But just to remind our viewers, Jim, I mean, the revenue increases that we're talking about at those two names, uh, 48 at Facebook and 54 at Apple, it's the best revenue uh, growth on, at Apple uh, in almost a decade. You've got to go back to 2012. Right. Uh, for Facebook, you've got to go back to 2018. Uh, it is, they are monster quarters from companies from whom monster quarters have become expected. And it kind of raises a question at J.P. Morgan this morning. They're asking whether or not the negative correlation between the NDX and five-year real yields, if that negative correlation can be broken, then you, they argue you could be talking about a big leg higher for the S&P because of the big tech tailwind. I think that's right. I think that what's happened is, is during the pandemic, we had a, a wholesale shift. Uh, we had companies like a, uh, yesterday, like Yum, coming on and saying, you know what, we are really making a lot more money if we put our money on, uh, right to the Internet that it's just targeted and better, and we're going to shift. Now, when you have a company like, which is Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken, these are staples for uh, our advertising that you look at. And they're saying, you know what, we, we have even hired a company, and the company is saying, put the money on the web. Remember, Google was the other one that was a standout. These companies are remarkable, and the amount of money that they're buying back, I'm listening to uh, 
I'm listening to President Biden last night, and I'm thinking he doesn't have the firepower that, a, that an Apple, a Google, and a Facebook have. I mean, these are remarkable creatures, so to speak. So I agree with that thesis. I, I would also add, Carl, I mean, if we ever heard that Apple was crushing it in China four or five years ago, we'd say, oh, come on. I mean, aren't we, some, aren't we in some sort of like existential crisis w- with China? Well, if you look at Apple's numbers, the answer is no. What we are is back into some sort of competitive mode, which is what uh, Biden is thinking. The, I, I just can't stress the fact that we have so many good quarters, but then there are Pantheon quarters. And I think that Apple, Google, which I know, of course, is, is you know, we got to call it, we got to call it Alphabet. And then Facebook are <laughs> extraordinary. Facebook, by the way, the stock started going up the moment we saw the numbers because, I mean, this is a company that average revenue. Look at this. The revenue growth of 48 I percent. Mean, the amount of money they're making, the monthly average users, $2.85 I mean, what happened? What happened? I mean, they had enough room, enough runway to talk about uh, AR and VR and about how they're going to monetize those, too. So. Uh, Carl, I don't know. I, I'm out of superlatives. Uh, but once again, no yep. Ubers on these calls. None. Not a single victory lap taken. Well, <laughs> so we, we've talked a bit about this. I mean, if you're this big, Jim, and you're growing at this rate, of course you're going to, as I said yesterday, have an all shucks attitude because the moment that hubris does creep in, I mean, then you really are inviting even more scrutiny than they're already getting. Oh, you're so right. I mean, here I am trying last night when I talked to Josh Lipton, trying to get Apple pumped up. I mean, I remember when I went to Coach Peterson, the Eagles were about to play the 49ers. It was a rainy day. And I had to grab them and lift them and say, come on, can you please get fired up? He was the coach of the Eagles then. I feel the same way. I said, like, Tim, come on. Don't you know how great these numbers are? I mean, I, I, I find that the numbers are so fabulous. And it's like, eh, yeah, I know that they're unbelievable. No. No, these are like you won the Super Bowl. Uh, no, we won a, it's a good practice guess, scout team game. I, I cannot believe that you could have Mac and iPad do incredibly well, that you could do amazing in, in Europe. I mean, I thought Europe's closed. But of course, what we found is, is that they sell so much direct to consumer. That's another great story. There are so many great stories, so many superlatives. I don't think people realize. I mean, I, I look for a whole I like, I wasn't happy with wearables i mean where i had to like find something negative to say because i thought wearables were going to be blowout but no i mean it's like i'm not happy with uh, uh with the watch it, not everybody in the world bought the watch this quarter i you know i remember i mean I, my, I mean i was trying to charge my watch last night and there's another watch there and it's my wife's i said i thought you'd never wear a watch because it's not a watch what is it? Well, it's the way to talk to you while I'm in a board meeting. No one knows. I mean, this is just incredible. Jim, the world's changed. Yeah. No, if, if we're if the wife and you are fighting over uh, watch chargers, then you and I live in the same house because that's that's happening at scale. By the way, my favorite stat of the morning is a hat tip to bespoke uh, the 12 billion dollar revenue beat. Not the revenue, the revenue beat, <laughs> beat. at Apple is bigger than 12 month trailing revenue for 330 S&P 500 companies. Uh, Jim, of course, and, and Josh did talk to Tim Cook last night. And Tim actually talked about overall demand. Here's what Tim Cook said. The demand feels very strong right now. Both on the Mac side, you have the combination of M1 and work from home and remote learning. And an iPad, you've got remote learning and work from home as well. And so there's a lot of 
a lot of great things of the strength of the product cycle uh, in addition to the trends that, that we're seeing in the marketplace. So, Jim, I know you were talking with Andrew about Goldman. Uh, Rod Hall has had a famous sell on the name for a long time, comes clean today and upgrades, says we were clearly wrong that their view that the iPhone cycle would disappoint in COVID was clearly wrong. Does that mark a change in sentiment overall? Well, do you remember that scene in The Birds, that great Hitchcock movie, where Suzanne Plachette is killed by the crows at the the the, uh, jungle gym for school, the teacher? Well, I think he didn't eat a crow. He ate every crow in that picture. He may have eaten every crow in that movie. I mean, this was incredible. He had to throw in the towel. He didn't throw in the towel. He threw in an RH5, the the Restoration Hardware, five robes. I mean, stronger, you know, this was one of those where I think that you realize that he still couldn't completely come around. But the price he was looking for, Carl, I mean, you know, these are people who think the stock was going to go back to the 80s. I mean, uh, uh, hello? I mean, but, you know, look, he's probably I am going to say I'm going to say he is probably a nice person. I think there's been a lot of schadenfreude this morning about uh, about his upgrade. Um, On the other hand, Jim, I guess, you know, he could have buried this in a 100 page industry overview and he chose not to do that. That's true. It's Goldman's job to give their clients an array of ideas and some will get accepted and some will get rejected. He could have done war and peace instead. He did Gettysburg address. Four score and seven years ago, I was completely wrong about Apple. I don't mind that one bit. Uh, one of the things that I, I find is incredible is when is they had to admit the supply chain problem. You know, obviously the semiconductors. But of all the companies other than Qualcomm that you had to worry about uh, semis, this is the one I worry the least about because they do mul- they do multiple source like Qualcomm. And I know that they had to call it out just because everybody's calling out. But I think they'll be fine. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's by rote, but I, I also am saying that I am less worried about Apple, let's say, than I am Ford where I had last night, and I mean, Ford is just decimated by this. I don't want to switch gears out of This deck. is a tough one, Jim. Yeah. Ford was, it was, uh, Ford's, a, Ford's a tough one. Uh, the quarter itself is a handy beat. Um, the lost about 17% of plant production, but it does sound, uh, Jim, like, like Farley told you, it's going to be more like 50 this quarter. Yeah. This was, I'm going to put this under the bad column. And I happen to like Farley very much, but I think the company could have earned, you know, maybe a buck a share and they could be back to the fabled five bucks that I was looking for 10 years ago that got the stock to 18. Now I don't know if they can do that. They need the Jap. The, it turns out the Japanese chip fire uh, was far worse. Now, what one of the things that's happening is we have these disasters, Carl, and you think that they can just flick a switch and go back online. If you read uh, my old friend T.J. Rogers this morning in an uh, uh, op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal, you can see that this is just pure trouble, that we just don't have the horses to make this, to, to have anything change, certainly not the government. So, I mean, I, I wanted to love the Ford call because there's Farley saying, I, you know, I was kind of doing a lightning round. The Broncos sold out. F-150 sold I mean, everything's sold out. I mean, the Mach 5E is sold out. And that would the narrative would have been if it weren't for the chip fire. Look out. Look out, Elon Musk. I've got the EV. But instead, it was like, well, I don't know. I thought, geez, I'm not going to be able to make as many cars and, and trucks. And I think it's a shame. But if they do, if it is a bottom quarter, Carl, if Farley is, is right, then this company has to be bought right here, right now. Uh, because you're not going to be able to get it if they do indeed get the chips they need. I just don't know they're going to get the chips. Huh? I don't know they're going to get them. So do you, do, I mean, do you think in six or eight months 
We'll be talking about the automakers the way we're talking about CAT today, where the dealers are trying to fill the lots that have been relatively or historically empty uh, for several quarters. Yes. I mean, when you're talking about four and five day supply, he's got things that as soon as they go to the dealer, they they are sold. That's the that's the shame about the chips, because he does have the right lineup and the F-150, the electric F-150. Now, this is something that I think is going to astonish people. Uh, I think people very much want something like that, the small, medium-sized businesses. So I'm very bullish on Ford. And I see the stock coming down, and I understand that. But if you didn't like Farley last night, then you didn't understand. This is a person who is earnest. We are overlooking. There used to be losses all over the world. You used to get and say, oh, geez, if it weren't for Latin America, oh, if it weren't for Europe. No. Farley, underneath this chip shortage, Farley has cured the major problem of Ford, which is they've decided to no longer lose money in areas uh, because they feel like they have to be anywhere. That's not Farley style. I like the quarter X the asterisk, but then you can say, like, I liked I liked the play X the assassination, Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> American cousin. How was uh, it? It's worth it's. It's actually worth a listen, Jim, what, what Farley told you about uh, the production cuts, the shortage and the ongoing investment in EV, even in the face of all of that. Take a listen. We think uh, this quarter is going to be our most difficult. We actually think the chip shortage will extend in the second half. Um, we may lose about the same as what we did in the first quarter. But then as we come into the last part of the year, you know, we're, we're really moving. Jimmy talks about offsetting those production cuts with with pricing and price control. Look, I think he's going to be able to do it in the second half. I think, by the way, I think he is gunning for Elon Musk. Now, not like the regulators who obviously failed. Fantastic article today in the journal. I am talking about he's coming for, for Musk with both barrels. And he thinks he's got the lineup. He said that the uh, Mustang, you don't need any advertising for the Mustang. It is exactly like the Tesla. Maybe better. Carl, this is going to be the rivalry that you've been looking for. And Farley is every bit as funny as another Farley. I was going to say, Jim, what's more effective, um, having a big ad campaign uh, or, or word of mouth or hosting SNL, right? Because that's exactly. where we are in the car business. Well, I want I think Jim Farley could host SNL and be a lot funnier than remember, you can't do song and dance if you didn't blow out the quarter. I'm still watching Tesla. That stock is stuck. If it weren't for the chip shortage, then we would have another Farley on SNL. Uh Jim, we got so much more to get to this morning. We're going to get to our parent Comcast. We'll delve into Caterpillar a bit. McDonald's, of course, CFO is going to join us later on today. And we'll talk about what the president said last night in front of Congress and what that means for taxes and policy in this country. Futures look good here. Record high S&P. Looks like it's on the way. We're back in a moment. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. I'm not looking to punish anybody. But I will not add a tax burden, additional tax burden, to the middle class in this country. They're already paying enough. I believe what I propose is fair, fiscally responsible, and it raises revenue to pay for the plans I propose and will create millions of jobs that will grow the economy and enhance our financial standing in the country. The president addressing a joint session of Congress last night, making the case for tax hikes on the wealthy to pay for his economic agenda. Jim, you know, we, we've long said presidents do not make a stock market, uh, but by the numbers and with a lot of help from other sources, Biden's first hundred days uh, have delivered the strongest post-election equity market in at least 75 years. Question is whether that lasts with some of these new proposals. It's completely counterintuitive. I mean, you would think that these proposals are the kind of things that truly dampen the stock market. Uh, it, but I think that the stock market in the end is much more involved with another branch of the government, which is Federal Reserve. You still uh, get a better return. There was a terrific article today about California and how they're going to have a budget surplus because it matters so much. The stock market matters so much. And I, I agree with the president in the sense that, wow, you know, the people who are wealthy have to pay their fair share because they're wealthier than ever because of the stock market. So I, I think that uh, you may think that these have to send the stock market down, but then you think about an Apple or Facebook and you say, well, you know, go ahead and make my day. I mean, I don't know how you take those down. I do think that we also are dealing with uh, Carl, a little perspective. It's not the absolute worst. It's pretty bad for rich people, but it's not the absolute worst. Correct. There have been worse times. Uh, yes, yes, I think you could say that. Um, a lot of the coverage this morning, Jim, sort of has an, a big government, big tax, big spending overtone. A lot of comments from the Romneys and the Mansions and the Thunes. I think the quote out of Politico this morning is that the president is trying to force a rhinoceros through a garden hose, uh, with, with given the political limitations in Congress right now. Yeah, look, I think it's a, a very good speech if you want to. I don't want to say, you know, sock the rich. That's not right. But if you want to make it so the middle class are are not taxed. But, Carl, this one, I don't think you can get through the Senate. And it is pretty radical to spend $6 trillion, uh, and not get anywhere near that back from the richest aren't that rich. I mean, there's just not that many of them. But at the same time, I recognize that uh, when you start with an opening offer like this, you're going to end up with something that is very different from what we mm -hmm. currently have. Uh, I, look, I think that people who make uh, over a million dollars, if they voted for him, they guess that's what they I don't know if they expected. They better be ready. Yeah, they better be ready. Yeah. If you make yeah. more than a million dollars, you're not going to keep you'll keep 40 percent of it. If yes. You're in the, if you're in the yeah. wrong yeah. state, yeah. Let's, looks about that way. 
Jim, I want to get you quickly on on vaccine COVID. Uh, New York City today announcing they're going to fully reopen by July. It's 100 percent at museums and restaurants and stadiums. Uh, it's a much different picture around the world. India, of course, is a huge focus, as Mark Benioff told John Mad last night. Listen to this. Even today, we just are getting ready to fill a plane in China and send it to New Delhi with oxygen concentrators and pulse oximeters and critical items that they need right now as the pandemic surges in India. So this is not over. Jim, some of the reporting from there, uh, I mean, there are there are cities of 17 million people where you can count the number of ICU beds on two hands. Yeah, uh, it, it's Benioff is sending it a 787 uh, packed as he did uh, to United States to New York when the pandem- pandemic was raging here. Uh, there's a professor I follow, Dr. Prather. She's been instrumental in trying to get the president in our country and, and CDC to recognize that the real issue is not surface. The real issue is aerosol. And therefore, when you're in an enclosed space, uh, it's possible, like in a choir in the, in the state of Washington, that a tremendous number of people get it. They are still spending a huge amount of time cleaning surfaces in India and are not addressing a core issue, which is the aerosol buildup. And until they do, these numbers are not going to come down. I think the Atlantic calls it hygiene theater. That's basically what it is at this point, Jim, trying to it's cosmetics. It's, it's not where the data is telling us to go. No, it's not. And it's very interesting. So I asked uh, Mark Benioff is famous for keep saying, look, this is my first pandemic. He said the second pandemic you just go with the way Singapore did. Singapore put a, a cordon around this country. Everybody had to wear masks. They had strict rules and they beat it. They beat it. And there's real business being done without masks. You go to restaurants. They're where we are, but they never went through what we did. And I think that we do have a model for what happens next time. I know Mark feels there's going to be a next time. And he feels right now that we're a little better than we've been, uh, but not total. Mm-hmm. And I know that when he does these things, and it's work.com is, is Salesforce's method to be able to reopen you know, these are out of out of his pocket. I mean, he just says, listen, I need a 787 and I need PPE. And I need I need it sent to India. I need it sent now. Uh, what can I say? Is that not business is the greatest force for social change? I don't know what else it could be. Yeah. The world is counting on uh, on philanthropy yeah. mm-hmm. and charity like exactly. that. Jim, it's incredible. We'll take a break here. We've got a big morning uh, setting up. Obviously, record highs are, are in focus as futures are green. Do not go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. The CNBC stock draft is back. Ten all-star contestants from three-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala to TikTok star Josh Richards will select two names each and compete to see who has the highest price appreciation between today and the Friday before the Super Bowl. Tune in for a special edition of Power Lunch this afternoon, 2 o'clock Eastern time. Jim, that is a very cool uh, concept. Do you know what you would pick? I'll tell you. uh, One of the things that's absolutely good, we have some ETFs in here today. 
uh, we, we are uh, obviously we got some crypto. But what I, I have to like is the people themselves are actually very competitive, Carl, and they know something. And the man I would single out is the mentalist, O's. Uh, I think he's going to read my mind about the best stuff. He did it last year with Disney. He's rather <laughs> remarkable. And uh, he is he's nothing but entertainment, Carl. But he knows. He knows. He knows. O's the shadow knows. knows. I love it, though. I can't wait to hear more on power again. Two o'clock this afternoon. Opening bell in a few minutes. Let's get a mad dash with Jim. There's one stock that people just love. And when it disappointed last time, they freaked out. Now it actually made back what it freaked, what they freaked out about. It's Qualcomm. Orders are back. Chip shortage. They can multi-source. Fantastic numbers from China. Carl, this one is the one that's going to be up the most after Facebook. Yeah, after a series of downgrades, Jim, yes. uh, in the past couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm glad we got that in there. There's the opening bell of the big board. It's Sports and Entertainment Company Endeavor celebrating its IPO. We're going to have Ari Emanuel in about half an hour. At the NASDAQ, it's uh, MindMed, a biotech focused on treating addiction and mental illness. Um, so, Jim, what kind of action do you want to see today, especially given some of the poor performance in bonds this morning? Well, I just want for once to just have the, let the end of the day be better than the beginning of the day. I, mean, I look at these markets and they open up, Carl, and then people spend the rest of the day trying to get out of the stocks instead of getting into the stocks. And it ends up what we have is a situation where other than the oils, which continue to act great, you find that you pay right here. You end up buying at a bad price. So I would like to see the, the reverse. I mean, you know, when you open a Facebook up, uh, up say, 25 or, or Apple up $3.30, it's more likely to go to 20 and $2.30. And I'm thinking yesterday about AMD. I mean, AMD came in hot. Uh, Dr. Lisa Sue, I thought, acquitted herself fantastically. And the stock ended up down. So everybody who bought the opening just got just snookered. So I want things to cool off a little bit, Carl. I don't want to see Qualcomm up eight, for heaven's sake. How about up five and going to eight instead of up eight going to five? And that's what I keep Mm -hmm. being concerned about. I just don't see a sustainable market when we open at highs. Doesn't work. Mm. Um, Facebook's going to lead us this morning, Jim, on the S&P up a seven plus. Qualcomm's not far behind. And then the cruise lines, Jim, all three of them are, are right behind as, I guess, are we seeing some detente between the industry and the regulators? Yes, I was going back and forth with uh, FDR, uh, which is Frank Del Rio. Uh, and he is the excellent, some people say overpaid, I say ridiculous. He saved Norwegian Cruise Line uh, CEO. And they're talking about August, they're talking about August. And yes, there is a detente. The CDC finally uh, said you know, these guys were willing to do anything. They were willing to vaccinate everybody, whatever you wanted. And there had been a feeling that the CDC just wanted to put them out of business. Well, that's done. You have three. You know, you've got great executives in this business, including Richard Fain, whom you have on. And I am thrilled that this is happening. I am a pro cruise guy and felt like they did everything to make it so that they did not have what occurred a year ago. And yet they were being penalized. So I say cruise on. August and September, you better book now. Prices are going to go up. Hmm. You know, Jim, every time I think about industry sort of grappling coming out of COVID, I think of your restaurant and how the challenge before was dealing with the city, dealing with restrictions. And now that that's sort of being lifted, um, 
The issue is inflation. And I know you said a couple oh. days ago that inflation at the small business level, I think you said it was insane was yeah, the word you used. We have 18 employees. We have to I'm looking for a bartender. I'm going to get in trouble with my wife on this, but we need bartender and two servers. I, I don't know what you have to pay to get these people. I mean, there are no servers. Carl, when I was growing up, I, I fought to be a server among 40 other people at the uh, at the clock and beaver, uh, I, I, which was a just an OK place. Mr. Fox treated me horribly. Uh, but I know that this is the most competitive market for labor I've seen. Avocados. I mean, forget it. Avocados like it's it's like buying a, a price, you know, a Miomi mm-hmm. wine. Uh, I find every single line item and the worst one insurance, Carl. They have taken up insurance like you wouldn't believe. We will open. Uh, we have two, our menus are good, but I'm charging two dollars more for beer than I had to before because it's just that expensive. Uh, guacamole. Holy cow. It's like gold. It's like Dogecoin. No, it's more real than Dogecoin. <laughs> It's a it's a non fungible token. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, if, I, if avocados, me. <laughs> if avocados surpass Doge, uh, Jim, this quarter, that's going to be a story. Uh, but it does sort of remind us um, about the challenges that McDonald's and Domino's <laughs> face, both with good quarters. Uh, comps, Jim. I mean, it's these charts don't even make sense. Uh, U.S. up 13 at McDonald's, uh, up 13.4 at at Domino's. They, they are they are passing it along. It was a survival of the fittest. And there's 150,000 restaurants that didn't get to the promised land. Mostly, by the way, a lot of them didn't have any technology at all. Uh, these places are all fired up by technology. When you look at I Yum one last night, David Gibbs, I mean, they have spent a fortune on technology and therefore they're able to beat anybody. Pizza Hut is really, uh, I've got Domino's on tonight, but Pizza Hut's coming on strong. They were an also ran. And I think a lot of it is because they know how to spend the money. Uh, they were cited in the Google call as someone who knows how to spend the money correctly. So, Carl, we can't spend the money. Look, I'm privileged, I know, and luck and did well in life. But the average restaurant cannot compete on technology. And your point of sale costs a lot of money now, and DoorDash is going to get its cut because they've made it so it's really DoorDash versus Uber. It, it is, it, you're opening a restaurant now, and you have to temper your, uh, really temper your expectations. We were profitable for a long time. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know how to stay profitable. I think you're just doing it, hoping yeah. that, that there's enough foot traffic. Got to have foot traffic. Right. Right. Uh, that, that's a story uh, for McDonald. We'll talk to the CFO later on this morning. Oh, really? Uh, Jim, a Caterpillar is worth at least. Yeah, we got we got the CFO. I think it's his first TV interview. Yes. Uh, we got we got to delve into Caterpillar. I know you're talking to Uncle B tonight on Mad Money. Um, revenue up 12 uh, beats by a billion dollars. Construction up 27. Although um, we know what a rolling sales have looked like for the past couple of years. Now it's up 13. It's a nice departure. And yet people bought it up three in the pre-market and got all excited about it without listening to what the company had to say. I mean, that's like buying Ford when you see the number before they just lower the boom on you. Uh, Caterpillar has supply, supply issues. But I look, I think Caterpillar, I think Humble B, this is a new cat. I mean, cat used to lose money. Uh, just, I mean, cat was a, was a true cyclical make and lose. Now it just makes and then when things get better, they're just going to make more money. I keep looking at oil. Uh, I know that right now oil is on a trajectory that is dramatically up. We've got Chevron and uh, Exxon about to report. 
Uh, Caterpillar is more levered to oil than it is to any other market, including China. And oil spend is going to go up. The Permian spigot is going to go up. You're going to see these companies in, in Texas starting to spend a lot of money because the 65 bucks is great for them. As long as the Saudis, Saudis just don't just make things awful for them in Saudi so far not, then it's great for Caterpillar and Cater- Caterpillar has to be bought. The people, the sellers now are, there's some sort of remorse I think they're going to have. They're, I think they're on the wrong side of the trade. See, Facebook, someone paid up 28, Carl. Where is that person? I mean, that person's. And, you know, so what I'm seeing is that you know, when we start in a day like today, we see just a, a good example. We can talk to ServiceNow. I mean, ServiceNow, did, they had a good quarter, and yet nobody seems to care. They just say, well, look, that's uh, I'm downgrading that one. I'm moving on to the next one. Down 33 points. That's, actually, that's a great company that should not be down like that. Uh, and I think I want to buy that one. So there's a lot of them, I think, that you can actually you know, make, a, make a case for that are down. And I think people are foolish, just foolish. They're just foolish when they pay up. Hey, you know what? Let's talk to Bill McDermott, because Bill and I, I've known Bill for years, for everywhere he's been. And Bill's been a straight shooter, and he's a moneymaker. And it's frankly upsetting for me to see this stock down 33 points, given to what I really think was a dynamite quarter and a very good outlook that is somehow being misinterpreted by analysts. Bill McDermott, welcome back to the show, the man who runs service now. Bill, can you explain to people that what greatness is and how somehow people don't understand greatness because that's what you delivered and that's what you predicted absolutely jim i mean it's pretty amazing we grew 30 percent year over year expanded margins seven points free cash flow uh, cash flow seven points and basically gave a 30 percent guide for the full year so um look we're a, a momentum uh company we're on a roll and who knows, maybe people want more. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to go out there and give them even more, Jim. Well, you got a May 10th analyst meeting where I think you'll be able to straighten out the confusion, correct? Absolutely. Hey, look, the bottom line is this. We are at the epicenter of digital transformation. This is a $7.8 trillion market in the next three years, and we are absolutely the strategic authority for workflow in every major enterprise around the world. And when you think about Minnesota Children's Hospital, um, National Cancer Center Institute, Xerox and BMW and Bristol-Myers Squibb and Subway, they're all reinventing themselves and building a digital bridge to the future with ServiceNow. So we're going to keep growing really fast, taking great care of our customers, inspiring our employees, and we're going to win, Jim. We win. That's what we do. Bill, rarely have I seen anyone penalized for having up 80% Europe growth, but you had to make that 4X. <laughs> it seems like that they didn't believe that foreign exchange is somehow real. I want that business in Europe, and I don't care about the 4X. You had some sort of breakout. Now, in a Zoom culture, Bill, how are you able to close deals in Europe? Well, that's amazing. You know, we have built an amazing brand. And as you know, in the Americas, the brand was driving 70% of the company's revenues. But now we're truly a global software company. And you see all the lights turning on across Europe. I mean, for example, we're vaccinating millions of people in Germany and Scotland and the UK on the Now platform. We're building amazing bridges to businesses that are going from these on-premise installations to the cloud. We're reinventing business models 
each and every day. And CEOs across Europe have now realized that ServiceNow is the answer to their problems because the bottom line is these paper-based, soul-crushing processes are killing companies. And they want to go digital and they want to go cloud. And we're the best way to get there because we integrate with all the old systems they have so they're not stuck in the past. We build a digital bridge to the future. They get a tremendous return on their invested capital and we help them win. So Europe is on fire. APJ is on fire. And the Americas has always been fantastic. So this is a global growth story now. And I'm looking forward to more and more business coming from international markets. Okay, so, Bill, we know that you said the current pipeline is large in history. You talked about how you could be a beneficiary of a lot of the Biden programs. They need to. They certainly need uh, service now. But let's give the analysts their due. Uh, people say you lowered 2021 sub revenue and you lowered sub billings. Uh, and what we could argue is that if you look at those particular metrics, it wasn't up to a Bill McDermott quarter. Yeah, you could say that the um, capital markets want more. But all that happened was the seasonality in the guide. So the guide is 30 percent on revenue. Okay, the guide in seasonality was in the 20s in the second quarter, which is what we're in now. And it progressively gets larger as the year goes on. So if people want more out of the second quarter, we'll get it for them. So the point really is stay focused on the big picture, which is 30 percent for the year. The seasonality in Q2, Q3, and Q4 ascends as the year goes on. And as it relates to the new administration, just like business, government has to reinvent itself with digital technologies. We get 10% of our business from federal, state, and local businesses, and we're doing incredibly well in the government. In the first quarter and the second quarter, though, you have a change in administration. So more of that business will come in the second half of the year. But our guide is strong, and it's only going to get stronger. I've never seen a pipeline like the one we have right now, Jim. And if the investors want more, guess what? So do I. And after I'm done with this interview, I go to talk to 14,000 of my friends at ServiceNow, and we're fired up and ready to go. Well, uh, J.P. Morgan, Sterling Audio, I like him. I did talk about how maybe current bookings are not a perfect indicator of, of what's going on. I like to think that large size deals are 37 deals closed during the quarter at an astronomical size without you being able to go visit people. I mean, tell me, how do you do million dollar deals without a handshake, Bill? Yeah, this is amazing. And this is why we're so well positioned. So we have built such a brand with such referenceable customers and incredible loyalty that the existing same account revenue growth is unreal. So whether you're solving IT, employee experience, customer service, or now applications at the edge of the enterprise where engineers and business people are coming together and saying, hey, we have to reinvent new digital applications and we need to do it fast. So they're doing it on the now platform because they can build things in days and roll it out. So what you're seeing right now is an unbelievable opportunity because CEOs and executives realize we can get on a Zoom or a Teams call, have a perfectly legitimate conversation with ServiceNow. They give us a turnkey, ready-to-go plan. They implement in days, and we're out running in the market. That's what businesses want. Can you imagine, Jim, as the economy now opens up and we get to do the handshake plus all the new digital maneuvers that have done so well for us over the last year? 
this is going to be an incredible year for ServiceNow. Exactly I right. I think that you're getting an opportunity to buy. Bill McDermott, CEO of ServiceNow. It's so good to always be able to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. All right. Back to you, Carl. All right, Jim. Uh, great stuff. Uh, we got record highs on the S&P NASDAQ, 10-year 167. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Yes, you know, the day this morning, pretty good. You know, initial jobless claims, continuing claims, uh, both moving in the right direction, although maybe some of that was revisions of last week. And we did see very strong GDP numbers, especially on the consumption side. So as you look at an intraday of tens, you can clearly see that right around 8.30 Eastern, we popped a bit. But if you really want to know where the pop counted the most, it was on Tuesday. Let's look at a three-day chart. On the left side there, and you can hardly see it, when we popped above 160 intraday, it has been a key pivotal area. Really, it changed the dynamics to some extent. And even though intraday levels have seen some buying, especially during press conference and some of the very logical arguments made by the head of the FOMC, well, we saw yields go down a bit. But in the final analysis, whether it's what's going on with equities or just the general notion that the economy is heating up or the tremendous amount of debt may be getting more stingy with capital, we see rates moving higher. And if you open a chart up to August, you can see on August 4th, we had our low all-time close at around half of 1%, 50 basis points. We had the February meeting of 2021, which really changed the dynamic of this market. And then we started to drift a bit. But now we've turned higher, and that is significant. Look at a 24-hour chart of the boon. Boone yields right now are screaming higher. They're at minus 18. Think about this. They haven't closed in positive territory in almost two years, the first week of May of 2019. But this still is a post-COVID high yield, even though it's a minus 18, as you see on the next chart. We want to continue to monitor all that is Europe. They're starting to spend money. They're starting to get it right. And many investors are going to look to that as a market positive. Carl and Jim, back to you. All right, Rick. Thank you. Uh, Rick Santelli. As we said, record high S&P, uh, 42.12. All sectors green except for healthcare, which is just barely red. And the VIX back to 17. We're back in a minute. Jim, we haven't gotten to our parent company, Comcast. And then Merck. After Lilly, another uh, disappointment out of Big Pharma. Yeah, Big Pharma's been just terrible. I mean, just terrible. Uh, missing numbers big. You know, first quarter, they usually make their numbers. I mean, if you look at how, you know, five out of five for most of these uh, at the first quarter uh, for the Big Five, it's very disappointing. Comcast, I-, I thought, you'd look, broadband was really terrific, but I, Peacock, Carl. I mean, I know parent company are network, but did you see those Peacock signups? It's pretty amazing. I did. I did. 42 million is a, that's a number. And then you open up theme parks. I heard it what Andrew was talking about. Who was talking about it was a great reopening story? I have to believe that. Uh, and broadband's terrific. People love the broadband. And I think that uh, broadband is here to stay. A lot of people worried about the European acquisition. I think that's paying off already. So I don't know. I mean, if you, it's parent company, this network, so you can take what I said with a grain of salt, but that stock should go higher. It's uh, yeah. It's a uh, four hundred and sixty-one thousand uh, broadband net ad. Street was looking for more like four hundred thousand, and then EBITDA, Jim, EBITDA beats uh, by about no, about a billion dollars. Uh, that's amazing. I mean, you got a theme park that's just not not carrying its weight yet, but will. 
uh, there's there's an inexpensive stock that that you thought was an expensive stock. That's what's happened in a lot of a lot of our stocks looked expensive and they turned out to be inexpensive. And I like that. Right. Right. That, that, that was uh, the earnings catching up to where the market thought they were going to yes. go, which is generally how you like to see things work out. Totally. Uh, as we said, Dow's up almost 150 and we're at 4211. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Yeah, eBay. Look at that. There's a lot of new competition, Carl. I mean, you have the Poshmarks, the Real Real, the StockX, GOAT, and uh, it looks like that everyone's on to their game, and they have not upped their game. So it's disappointing. I don't see anything turning it around. I think that that's one that I would not use the weakness. I, I want to see what the CEO says, but they have the long knives are out. A lot of people have caught on to this, and they went in that business. And I think that he's got to strike. He's got to strike back. And so far, it doesn't look like it looks like they're uh, prey, not predator. Yeah, yeah I was going to say we'll, we'll talk to him on Monday, but. Are are there strategic decisions that could have been made differently in the past that might have made today's picture different? Well, I just think that this is something I used to talk about with Macy's, uh, with uh, Jeff Kinnett, who's terrific. He's doing a good job. But you have to buy these other companies that you have to change your model somehow uh, or you have to take over and stop those. You know, you kind of use a Facebook um, Instagram method, which is that, look, someone's out there and they could be a competitor. So let's just go buy them. And you have to do that when uh, there's no antitrust action. They have to, eBay has to step up and has to buy some of these competitors, and they won't want to do it. They'll tell you the competitors are too expensive. That has always been the bane of existence. But when you think about what Zuckerberg did when he paid t- way too much money for Instagram, well, did he? No, he stole it. <laughs> That's what you have to do. It doesn't look that way now. Yeah, Jim, sure the does. couple flashheads on Caterpillar. Um, one is that um, uh, raw material costs will be a headwind beginning in Q2, but that uh, sales to end users in Q2 will be significantly higher than Q1. And we'll see what Uncle B tells you tonight. Yeah, look, I mean, the, these are companies, that's a company that can pass on. You have to figure out who can pass on these raw costs and who can't. And I know they can. By the way, the home builders look like they can pa- pass on the raw costs, and they're having problems with appliances and lumber. They're doing great. And the retailers are on fire because of the jobless number and because they don't need chips to do their job. Jim, we did our job at least this hour. Yes. Yes, we sure did. Don't forget Domino's, Caterpillar, and Align. I may have to go back to line. I had braces when I was 12. They don't hold up for 38 years. Well, okay, maybe 40. <laughs> Whatever. Thank you. Jim, we'll see you at 6. Yeah. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.